are talking to Dr. Francine Arroyo, Assistant Professor of Biology. Francine, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Okay, so my first question for you today is, why did you sign up for the Discovery Program and what was the experience like for you? Yeah, so I'm an incoming new faculty actually for this year. I started in August of 2022. Um, and so I was eager to learn as many tools um, for pedagogy, for improving my courses and um, just, and anything that's related to software, I'm always excited to try because um, my background is, has a lot of computational um, research. And so I'm really um, happy to learn and excited to learn new, new tools. And so I like to also implement that type of um, uh, knowledge to my students as well to get them um, to be able to feel comfortable and confident accessing new tools and um, helping them walk through it. And so did discovery look like the perfect um, training for, for me to um, kind of learn myself and also help students? So as a new faculty member, did it seem like it was relevant and like doable, manageable, or was it overwhelming in managing that new faculty experience in addition to the development program? Um, I think as, as a new faculty in general, everything's overwhelming. So, okay. <laughs> um, but it's nice to have had um, training or some sort of, um, you know, Parts of it were formal where we learned um, new techniques um, by hand, but also some informal reflections and talking, networking with other um, faculty in, in the university, not even just in my department, but abroad and seeing how comfortable they are and where they're at. So that helped me coming in as a new faculty to see that, you know, it's okay if I didn't know everything and that if people who've had more experience than I am are also learning new tools and you know, don't have everything set and their lectures are perfect. And, you know, and that was, so that was really, um, really helpful for me to kind of help uh, feel like I had a group of people that I could talk to um, about my, my, my issues, but also, um, you know, just helping with that transition. And so I felt like this was like probably the best course that incorporated a lot of techniques that I would like to learn in pedagogy to, you know, not only computer software tools, but also, you know, learning about equity for students and improving that. So I think um, as a big broad picture, this was probably like the best course I could take as a new faculty. Awesome. Great. So one of the things that you uh, did adopt or incorporate um, that I think you learned about in the program was the e-reserves um, uh, program through the library. Um, can you talk about uh, what that was like in that implementation and working with the librarians? Yeah, so that, that you know, I, I was kind of introduced to that when I first did my orientation training as a, as a new faculty, but I didn't really understand um, how well it would work until probably in like December when we learned about, when we were meeting with, um, you know, trying to make courses more equitable. And I, um, and I met with, I'm forgetting her name, <laughs> um, but- um, Ashley, Ashley uh, Abraham. Yeah. Ashley Abraham, yeah. And she, um, she brought that up when we were talking because I was uh, letting her know about a class that I was setting up for spring where all, of pa all the papers were literature review papers. And so I was saying how, um, you know, what would be the best way for getting access because a lot of these papers still have paywalls, even if they're older and um, allowing the students to access some 
not only literature, but also um, book chapters that are available. And so she, um, she let me in uh, or let me know about the reserves and connected me with the people in the library um, to, to set that up. And it, that was a, a huge asset for me because, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I was going to have to find each link, copy or download every PDF that I could find. And even I had um, issues accessing that. And so um, during this process, I learned a little bit more about um, the library as well. So I knew how to bypass the paywall eventually too, um, because the university has licenses. Um, and so that helped me learn a little bit more about the accessibility through the university, um, but also to help the students learn. So I had um, implemented this e-reserves in my Canvas page. So there's a, an add-on that you can click. So students don't even need to go directly to the website in the library. They can just go on their Canvas page, click the link, and they can access uh, my course uh, links through there. And so they had all the, 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 all the papers, and there's probably about 58 papers. <laughs> individual and um, and about three chapters from pretty old chapters, but really uh, important chapters for the work that I was doing. And so um, that that was that was a huge asset. And I and that saved me so much time <laughs> just to find them all and set it up. And it was really, really easy to implement. I just let the um, the e-reserves person know, you know, this is the list of what I would like. Um, and this is a format I would like, and she set that all up for me, no problem. And so super, super helpful. And the students really learned about accessing the library too. And so that was also um, a nice add-on to the whole experience. Yeah, that was going to be my question about the impact for students, but getting students using library resources um, and learning how to find things and seeing what's available to them is definitely helpful. Absolutely, yeah. And my class has a mixture of grad students. Um, so we have a master's in biology and also undergrad. So it was a, a, a combined course. And so, so that was really super helpful for the grad students who some of them have even been here and didn't know about it cool. <laughs> in the library. And then of course the undergrads who are interested in learning about research, they realize that they can access a lot more than they knew. So, so it was super helpful. That's great. And, and, you know, we, we've been trying to uh, collaborate more with the librarians and the librarians are, are so helpful and was talking to William, one of the other instructional designers, and he was saying, I'll send the librarian a question and within half an hour, they'll send me 12 articles. <laughs> like, I don't know how they do it so fast, but they, they yeah, love yeah. helping people and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, they, they know, they know all, all those resources. It's just hard. It's hard to think about, you know, how, how many skills other people have. And I think, um, you know, I think in the, there's this future, you know, what, what we would do in the future, I, I would also like to um, collaborate more with the library as far as learning, getting students to learn more about um, using software to help with their um, reference citations. So um, there's things like EndNote, or there used to be Mendeley, and now um, there's a new, uh, a free version of these sort of bibliography type things that are super helpful for students to help when they're writing, that they don't have to manually write every single reference in their bibliography. They learn how to do in-text citations correctly. And I think the library could be a useful um, help for helping with that training too. So uh, you, you talked about software. One of the other things you, you talked about um, implementing this year was um, a new app or platform called Genius was one of the things and then a couple other things that you were able to either get for free or that were open software for students. Can you talk about uh, those things? 
Yeah, so my course uh, for this spring was a, um, it was called Symbiosis, Ecology and Evolution. And so part of the, uh, a lot of the, the analysis for understanding how organisms interact is looking at their phylogenies or their, their trees and seeing how their trees co-evolve with each other. Um, and so one of the main um, activities that I had was a computer lab activity that had students um, get an unknown uh, nucleotide sequence and then try to create phylogenies with these sequence. And so um, what I wanted was software that wasn't too cumbersome to learn so that have a huge learning curve because I didn't want them to get stuck on how do I use this program and getting straight to let me learn the content of creating alignments and understanding what trees are, how trees are made and how they, and some biases that can come into play. And so, um, so I use this program called Genius, which is, um, um, is this by subscription. And so I happened to learn that they actually promote learning in classrooms. And so they provided me a license key for the class for free so that every student can access um, this Genius license for the, the duration of the, the semester and have it individually on their laptops. And so um, everybody was able to get it, access their own. And then using this um, program, it's a graphical interface. So a really easy click and point, you know, file add on and, you know, and you can even um, have these beautiful visuals of alignments or sequences that are paired with different colors for every nucleotide. And then they can see which ones are aligned and which ones are different. And that, and I had them work through that. And I, after the fact, I'm still getting comments from students now at the end, near the end of the semester, we started this earlier saying, this is the first time I actually finally learned how to do phylogenies, I understand now. And, and a lot of what they brought up was, you know, they learned about how to do these and other programs that required a huge learning curve um, using R or some other programming language um, that just wasn't finicky or they couldn't do everything in one package. They had to do one program and then learn a new program to do editing and then a new program to do the tree and then a new program to make it look pretty. And so this program does it all. And so they were really excited and, and about finally being able to understand what they were doing because they could focus on the content rather than fighting the software. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super important. Um, and so how much time do you have to spend teaching them how to use it versus, I mean, hopefully less than, than they were doing previously, but um, <laughs> something new, you know, is that time, some time that you spend in class or is that something you prepare in advance? Or? This is something I did in class. I've learned with a lot of these hands-on is the best way to go. And so I've had, I set aside special time and even a reserved um, rooms in the library that were good for people to bring in their laptops and to do more um, setup to plug in and, and get ready to, to work on their, on their projects so that they could work together. And so I had about, um, a set, I set aside three class periods to just work through it. And the first time I kind of showed them uh, the steps. And then the next times was in the next two times was them just troubleshooting, just working through it at different levels. And then um, people who, who learn quickly, I had them go around the room and help others who were struggling. And then we were, we would collect as a class and talk about what were the areas that most people were struggling with or what areas um, they still have questions about. And so that really got everyone up to speed. So the assumption was that nobody knew what any how to do any of this. So we're all starting from scratch together. And, um, and those who learn quickly can help. 
and that worked out really well. And then, um, and then I set a, set, uh, a month later a deadline to um, provide uh, their phylogeny image, their final um, image, along with a little caption that describes what it is. Um, and, and that was um, really successful. Everyone was able to do that in time. And so plenty of time. So yeah, so in class time and then their own time to kind of complete the project. But did you, so you, are you saying that you scheduled like a different space for the students to do this as opposed to your standard classroom? <laughs> yeah, so the classroom I had was a little bit, um, yeah, what wasn't necessarily set up, it was more for lecture. So the, 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 the tables were really short and people were coming in and some people have laptops that are huge or like gaming yeah. laptops. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make sure that they had, and you know, and you have to, and issues with plugging in with like, where, where do you plug in your laptop if it's low battery? You know, so kind of giving everyone that equal footing of this is a classroom that's made for for accessing your laptop easily. And so that that again, another overcome a barrier that students have so that everyone's on the same page. No, that's that. really smart. People don't always think about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so so is the software that you are using for this pro for this project um, like a industry standard kind of software or is it one that's more tailored for education? Um, I think their goal is for both. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, uh, and because it's subscription, I think it's labs, often research labs, the labs that I came from, from, you know, Ivy Leagues and really well-funded medical schools, it's really easy, it's common to have that subscription. Um, but for schools um, like the CSUs, maybe we, uh, a lot of, and I've been talking to a lot of PIs in my my department, you know, it's it's a bit much to have, you know, pay over $200 a year for a subscription for students. And depends on how many students, it's, it's one per per student. So it gets pretty expensive pretty quickly. Um, so one of the things I'm trying to at least to get them, once they understand how to make trees, then if they need to use a free version later, they already know the steps, they know how to analyze the data. And so getting now, you know, we've crossed one hurdle and then now later on their next hurdle will be how do I learn a software that my new PI or my program wants to use, you know, that it's a little easier to get to because at least now they have the science knowledge and that's the important part. Okay, so uh, what's next for you? You've been through year one, you've been through discovery. Uh, where, where, are you, where are you planning to go from here? Yeah, so I want to continue implementing things. So I knew one of the um, good rule of thumb is not to put too much new <laughs> at once for students. And so- and For um, you too, right? And for me too, yeah. Because <laughs> I was also developing a brand new uh, class, a special topics class for spring. And so I was generating new activities. And so um, some of the activities I would admit were still tactile, print out a paper, work. And in the classrooms that I had, um, and the class size that worked okay, but what I'd like to implement is more is using more of the Google Drive, Google Docs, more collaborative um, writing tools, um, and also um, ways for them to do some more uh, visual activities. So, um, uh, for for example, um, in class I had them do um, a game called uh, the the uh, the Prisoner's Dilemma game, where um, um, they're essentially paired up with a student anonymously and they're made to whether they're going to defect and let that person go to go to prison or 
are they going to stay silent and not um, say anything and then they collaborate with they corroborate with their with their partner and so they had to do this kind of hidden and so initially I did it with little pieces of paper almost like a tally and they put in like whether they're going to defect or, or stay collaborative um, and then put it all up on, on the board and so halfway through I'm like let's do this on Google uh, Google Sheets and I set up columns and have them each put in their you know whether they defect or collaborate and they gave them a, a unique number so they could stay anonymous and they, and how their pairings went and that way they in live I said okay now put your votes in and they would all sign on and type in their their answers um, all at once and so the reveal was always exciting for them because they could um, get to see like oh I know what I was going to do what did my partner do oh no I you know, I lost points, they gained points, what did, what happened? And, and then after we set it all up, I looked at the end and then said, like, you notice the trend, everybody was kind of following the same strategy. And so we talked a lot about that. And so I think using more of those um, Google Drive and, and Google Sheets with live input helps move things a lot faster and also gives them the data right away so they can analyze trends that happen um, during the course. And so I wanna do more of those type of activities um, instead of more tactile, it takes me a lot longer to do. Yeah. Great, Francine, thank you so much for talking about your discovery experience. Thank you. <laughs> to learn more, visit our website, academics.fresnostate.edu slash ideas, or contact us to share your story, ideas at mail.fresnostate.edu.